Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. God bless you. And we are here again in our series on kingdom order and dominion. Uh, Last time we met, we met on Wednesday and we talked about fruitfulness, the need to be fruitful, the command to be fruitful, and how uh, in the process of us going from fruitfulness to dominion, there are different things that we have to experience in that journey. Uh, We talked about the two different levels of being cut and how there is a cutting that removes from us and from our lives everything that is non-productive, but then that there is also the cutting that comes in the form of a pruning, um, which means that when we are effective and when we are fruitful, that there are things that the Lord will cut about the fruit that we are bearing just so that we could bear more fruit. And then we talked about how in order to get from fruitfulness to dominion, that there's opposition. There's always opposition that you have to overcome. And that uh, a key to overcoming the opposition is never backing down, standing in your faith, believing in what God said and going after it with all you have. We also discuss how fruitfulness requires sowing the right seed and how many times in our lives, the harvest that we are dealing with are always in direct correlation to the seeds that we've sown. So if you're not happy with the harvest, change the seed. Today we're going to talk about, uh, again, in the same series, Kingdom, Order, and Dominion, but we're going to talk about the passing of mantles, the passing of mantles. Isaiah 10, 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Isaiah 9 and 6 exposes to us that the government of God's kingdom would rest upon Jesus Christ and that it would rest upon his shoulders. So that means that burdens don't belong on our shoulders. Undue weights don't belong on our shoulders, but that government belongs on the the shoulders. The establishment of God's kingdom order and dominion will cause the unnecessary burdens of your life to be removed and replaced with his system of governance and lordship. And it will cause even the yokes that have been about your neck and about your life to be utterly destroyed because of the anointing. God specifically used words that denote the process to reveal to us his mysterious way of bringing about his promises. In other words, God doesn't do anything without a process, without a procedure. There's no anointing without a process. There's no establishment of his order and dominion in your life without a process. Somebody shout process. Uh, We understand biblically that yokes in Jesus's day were depicted by a stole that each rabbi would use and the different types of yokes would showcase the different ideologies or the philosophies that they walked in. So it was obvious what their belief system was based on the stole that they saw, a particular type of material or a particular color. Uh, And so from a distance, we could look at you and see what it was that you believed. And so the scripture that talks about the yoke being removed is the yoke of satanic bondage. It's the yoke of satanic philosophy and the images that seduce us or pull us into following the government of Satan's over the government of God's. Jesus counseled his disciples to take his yoke upon them in order to learn from him. He assured them that his yoke is easy, it's loose-fitting, it's non-strenuous, his philosophy, his ideology, and that his burden was light. Um, It could also mean not heavy, but it could also literally mean light. The word for there means light, which means illumination and revelation. 
It's of utmost importance for us that the connection between the headship of Christ, the yoke of ideology, and the shoulders of government to be properly fitting and established in one's life if they are to reproduce for God and establish his dominion in the earth. All right, I'm going to say it again. It's of utmost importance for the connection between the headship of Christ, the yoke of ideology, and the shoulders of government to be properly fitted and established in one's life if they are to reproduce for God and establish his dominion in the earth. The headship there means the godly paradigm and perspective. It enables you to see the strategies, the plans, and the purposes that are being established by God from his seat of sovereignty and control. The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to think with his mind, to see things through his lens and through his perspective. The yoke then indoctrinates you to believe what is being established as truth in the earth and gives you the ability to know and understand the inner recesses of God's thoughts. And so if you just look at our society, look at our culture, we are in a war over words. We are over. We are in a war over reality. What will you believe? Who will you believe? Whose philosophy and ideology will you follow? And so for the believers, it's already a done deal. It's, it's completely settled for us. There's no alternative that we believe that Jesus Christ is truth. He's not a truth. He's not a version of truth. He doesn't have his own truth, which then can be compared to another deities or systems truth, but he is truth. He is the apex of truth. He is the epitome of truth and that outside of him, there is nothing that is true. And so we establish that, excuse me, and we accept that in our lives as our final uh, reality that Jesus Christ is truth. Scripture says that eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the good things that God has prepared for those who love him, but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so the, the inner recesses of the mind of God, the counsel of God, the plans of God are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Scripture talks about how the apostles are the stewards over those mysteries of God. So that means that there's yet a dimension of those mysteries that God will reveal to the apostles that he has sent on an assignment. It can be a mystery over an individual's life. Maybe they can't connect the dots and they're trying to figure out uh, what their purpose is or what their assignment is or what it is that they are supposed to do in the earth. Many times God will give a messenger a word that unlocks that particular mystery. It could be a mystery over a geographical territory, over a region, over a ministry. All right. And so God gives uh, apostles to be stewards over his mysteries and mysteries are meant to be revealed. Uh, apostles are sent into the earth with an understanding of a mystery, a revelation, an insight, something that the Lord uh, wants to be built and established in their particular generation. And so they will devote their entire lives to seeing that God's agenda is fulfilled in the earth. Uh, it also establishes government, and which is the protocol and the discipline required to facilitate what the yoke is upholding concerning the headship. So in the headship, you have God's mind, his thoughts, his view, his perspective. You have the yoke, which then represents um, the ideologies and the philosophies that we subscribe to that are meant to be a governing order and constraint or restraint upon us in our lives that keeps us connected to that headship. Somebody say amen. All right. And then the government is the actual protocol, the discipline, what we do to carry all of that out. 
Mantles are important because they exhibit the spiritual ability to cause you to have dominion in a sphere. So if you're taking notes, write that down or type it right there in the comments. Mantles are meant to give you dominion in a sphere. That's the purpose of mantleship. It is to give you dominion in a sphere. Kingdom is synonymous with dominion in that it speaks to the sphere of a king's domain. So whenever the, the, the word kingdom is used, it is speaking to the rule and the realm and the reign of a king. Uh, the Bible says uh, in Revelations that God has raised, has raised us up to be a kingdom of kings and priests to uh, his Lord and to our God. God is raising up the kingdom of kings and priests. Kings are autonomous rulers, and they know how to rule and manage their territory territories in their jurisdiction. So write that down. Kings are autonomous rulers, all right? Um, priests are spiritual magistrates or governors who oversee the laws, the rituals, and the worship of God. In our case, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other cases, uh, other deities, because they're priests of other altars and other deities, all right? There are seven basic kingdoms that affect us. So if we're talking about kingdom order and dominion, and we're talking about us being raised up to be a kingdom of kings and priests, we have to deal with the um, the hierarchy or the setup of kingdoms that impact our lives. Number one, there's the sovereign kingdom. This is the kingdom where God rules. It is where the seat of his governing authority is over all of creation. It is the sovereign kingdom. Number two is the angelic kingdom, which is divided into two parts to include the angelic and the demonic then there is the planetary kingdom, including the sun, the moon, the stars, and the galactic systems. Then there is the kingdom of man, the places where man is elevated for rulership. Then there's the animal kingdom, which includes air, ground, and water animals. Then there's the vegetable kingdom, and then there is the mineral kingdom, all right? So those are all the layers or stratas of kingdom that impact us. The purpose of God commanding us to seek first his kingdom and righteousness, which is the process of being rightly aligned with him and joined to him, uh, and that all other things would be added to us. The reason why he told us that is because if we seek first his kingdom, all of the other layers of kingdom are automatically at our disposal, all right? If you pursue a lesser kingdom, you can be very productive on that plane, but you will never experience total dominion. There are some people that only pursue the planetary kingdom. And what do you mean by that? They pursue the kingdom of money. Money is still made, except this electronic money that we're dealing with, but money, uh, cash is still printed from trees, right? People pursue the planetary kingdom and they can become proficient in that sphere. They can, be, can become masters in that realm. But until you seek the kingdom of God and are rightly aligned with him, you never come to the place of total dominion. If we look at Steve Jobs just as an example, he is somebody that may multiply billions of dollars in the world. And while we are not the judge and the jury about his salvation or his experience with God leading up to his end days before he left the earth, um, the very last records that we have ever seen of his religious involvement was that he was a Buddhist. And, and the last time I checked, the Buddhists do not believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnation of God in the flesh who shed his blood for the redemption of humanity. So it could be perhaps that that is a scenario where you could gain the whole world and lose your soul because you never sought the right kingdom. In order for a mantle to be properly passed, the recipient of the mantle must have been prepared, say prepared, and they have to be groomed, 
say groomed. They have to be prepared and groomed for the task that that mantle is coming upon them to facilitate. When Aaron died, his mantle was passed to his son Eleazar the priest, but the interesting thing to note was that Eleazar was the exact height and stature of his father. How do we know that? Because if he wasn't, the Levitical laws for the covering of the priest would have been violated. It could not be, the garment could not be too long because he would have tripped over it and it would have represented a stumbling block in the path of the priesthood. The garment could not have been uh, too short because it would have exposed his flesh and his nakedness. And as we know, there's no flesh that can glory in the presence of God. So it means that Eleazar throughout his tenure of serving under his father, serving in the priesthood, serving as a minister was raised by his father to be the exact same size and height, the exact same stature for the passing of the mantle. Somebody say amen. So the process of preparing one for a mantle requires elevating and raising that son or daughter up to the place of maturity that is commensurate with the one that is holding the mantle. That is the intention of mentorship. That is the intention of leaders raising up leaders. It is to bring you into a place where you, number one, have Christ built in you. That was the travail of the apostle Paul. But it's also that you can be elevated to the places of God's headship in government, where his mindset and his um, lens is what you see and interact through. And then his yoke, his ideology, his philosophy is what you use to make your decisions and to perceive your place and your function in the world. Dominion requires fruitfulness. We talked about this on Wednesday night, but here's how the process of fruitfulness will unfold. Number one, gifts and talents produce service. So God gives everybody a gift, but we're not just hung up on gifts. And I think that some of the issue with our generation is that we look at what's um, what's trending, what's popular, what's moving, what's exciting, what's drawing a, a crowd, what giftedness is on display, but it takes more than a gift to come to the place of dominion. We have to stop just uh, being excited over a gift, excuse me, or excited over things that are moving and happening, and we have to give way to God's process of dominion. So your gift and your talent that is God-given produces service. There's a difference between service and desire. You may have the desire and willingness to do a thing, but only those who are service-oriented will measure up. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of intention. There's a lot of uh, people who have the motive to do something, but there's a distinction between all of them and the people who actually rise up to the task of service. We are measured by what we do, not just what we intend, not just what we desire, but we're measured by what we actually do. All right. And then your service produces a level of your credibility. So you become credible when you can be trusted to perform your service. The more you serve, the more credible you become. The more consistent you are in your service, the more people find out that this is a person that has a voice or an ability in a certain area. I think some of the the reasons why we don't always have the credibility that we have is because we're inconsistent. You don't do the same thing the same way every single time and can't be counted on the same way every time to do the same thing. And that's one of the dynamics that I use when I'm raising up and developing leaders. You have to be consistent. And so the key to great leadership is navigating through different places in your life that would knock you out of your position and not allowing them to so that you can continue with the credibility building campaign of your service, because we're not just in service for ourselves, we're in service for the Lord. And so many times people will associate your credibility in your ministry and in your assignment 
with God's credibility. They'll think that if you're fickle, then God's not answering them or God's not there for them. And they shouldn't think that way. But unfortunately, people do. And so you have to be credible in your service. Somebody shout hallelujah. Musicians, leaders, singers, people have to be on time, reliable, responsible, and you have to function out of a sense of duty. Some people don't have a sense of duty. They do all of their service based on their emotion, which is a soulish, carnal Christian. If you do it based on your sense of duty, then it means that you'll have a level of commitment to it in spite of and regardless to how you feel. Credibility then, once it is established, it produces influence. When a person is credible, it gives them an edge and that edge gives them influence. So influence means we're going to talk to you about it instead of someone else. It means we're going to ask you to come in and minister to us on this subject rather than someone else. Why? Because your uh, gift has produced service. Your service has produced credibility. Your credibility has produce influence. And now we recognize you as not just somebody that's flowing in a gift, but you are now a contributing factor, a contributor to a sphere that interests me. So I got to talk to you. I got to figure out your mind on it. Influence then produces atmosphere. When someone um, of influence walks into a room, their presence demands a response. There's an atmosphere that surrounds them, all right? There's an atmosphere that surrounds them. Atmosphere then produces change. Change produces seed. Seed produces fruit. And then fruit produces dominion, all right? So when we fail at dominion, it's because there's no fruit. There's no fruit because there's no seed. There's no seed because there's no change. There's no change because there's no atmosphere. There's no atmosphere because there's no influence. There's no influence because there's no credibility. There's no credibility because there's no service. There's no service because there's no awareness of gifts and talents. And people have to recognize the importance of their role in the overall scheme of what it is that God is doing and God is manifesting and producing through them. The place of dominion requires you to fulfill the entirety of the process. You cannot go from just having a gift to dominion. And you can't just go from having a gift uh, to functioning and flowing in that gift however you choose on your path to dominion. Once again, we talked about the yoke of philosophy, which is a restraint. There's a governing order. First Corinthians 12 talks about that there are differences of operations and administrations. God may administer and operate and function in a gifting in different ways and different capacities through different people, through different ministries. But it's the same God, the Bible says, and it's the same Lord and it's the same spirit that works all in all. And so this is why your uh, submission and your connectivity and your alignment with the place that God has assigned you to is of tantamount importance because you can't be in a church serving under an administration of God looking across the street and being upset or offended that that administration doesn't function like the other administration. Well, that's not what has been given to them. And everyone has to do it according to the grace of God that has been given to them. When you have been deemed by God to be fruitful and heading towards dominion, it will always release spiritual warfare. I'm going to say that again. When you have been deemed by God to be fruitful, and headed towards dominion, it will always release spiritual warfare. That's the counsel and activity of the enemy against the counsel and the activity of God. I believe that we're dealing with some of that in this space right now. Uh, we're dealing with a realm of spiritual warfare that is intended to inhibit our productivity and our forward movement. But as the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me and showed me how the enemy is maneuvering, we have amped up our prayer and our intercession. And people that are on watch, that are interceding, that are praying, that are that are overthrowing the plans of the enemy because God did not bring 
us all the way to this place of birthing, this place of manifestation on the path to dominion, only to shut up the womb and to push us back uh, into the waiting room out of the labor room. No, he brought us here because there's something that has to be produced. There's something that has to be manifested. And that's what I, as the leader of our nation in Christ, intend to produce. We are going to produce it. We're not apologizing for it. We're not making any excuses about it. And people either have the opportunity to line up and be in alignment with what God has given us, or they get to be marked as someone that's not in alignment with it and will still produce it anyway, because we have to produce God's results. You can never be set back or never choose to be set back or retreat in the face of warfare. Warfare is what God uses to get you to dominion. There's no dominion without a conquest. There's nobody that has reached dominion in a sphere that does not have a track record of war and overcoming the war. It is impossible to have dominion because if you rise to a place of dominion without war, guess what? The reality is you can't keep the dominion. You can't keep it if you don't know how to fight to obtain it, right? Somebody shout hallelujah. And so that warrior and warfare uh, instinct is often activated as you are moving closer and closer and closer to the place of dominion, because not only is God going to use it to, to manifest it, but you're going to have to keep that mindset to safeguard it and to keep it. Hallelujah. Mantles are then released to change regions, cities, nations, and mantles possess the authority to change spiritual climates. That's another reason for mantleship. It is meant to impact the spiritual climate of the place where you are on assignment. Mantles impact every sphere of society and government and life. And so when you are walking in the mantle of God for your life, you will walk in supernatural favor. You will walk in victory. You will walk in diplomatic immunity. You will have ambassadorial benefits and privileges. Your prayers will be answered. Generations will be blessed and you will have access to the heavens. That's what having a mantle and dominion looks like. It's access to the heavens. Now, positionally in Christ, we all have access to the Lord. We have access to his gifts. We have access to his benefits. But I'm talking about another level of that here. And we understand that. We understand how mantles work. Benny Hinn can walk into an arena and thousands of people can be healed because Benny Hinn walked into the arena. Not to say that they're idolizing him or that they don't have faith in God or that God couldn't heal them without him, but he has a mantle. And that mantle carries an atmosphere. It carries a level level of access to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. There are some people that have that same mantle in the realm and spheres of prosperity. Leroy Thompson, Apostle Leroy Thompson is that way. They walk in realms of just prosperity and financial release. They can speak a word and they can bring an atmosphere in that will cause uh, uh, giving to explode and people's lives to explode with prosperity and the blessings of prosperity. It's a mantle. Doesn't mean that God didn't hear me when I prayed before I got there. Doesn't mean that my faith didn't work, but I connected with someone with a mantle and the mantle is what gives us that access. And I'm closing Isaiah 51, 16 and says, I have put my words in thy mouth and I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say it unto Zion that thou art my people. So what do mantles do? Mantles enable you to plant the heavens and lay foundations in the earth. It reminds me of Paul when he said that he was like an architect, the architecton in the Greek, the one that laid the foundation. Somebody shout hallelujah. All right. And so when we plant the heavens, we can cause things to be built and established in 
in the earth. Mantles say that whatever God puts in your mouth, that when you decree it, it is established and you'll build the foundation of kingdom structures in the earth. Somebody shout hallelujah. So that's our message today. Uh, I pray that it bless you and encourage you. We are on a journey because we got to figure out what to do after the pandemic is over. After we go back to some sense of our regular routines, we got to figure out where God's mind is and what does he want? He wants kingdom order and dominion. He wants us in our places, on our assignments, working in our commissions, facilitating his agendas and purposes, taking on the warfare that comes, but overcoming it because we've already been named victors in Jesus Christ through his blood, through his name, through his word, and then standing our ground and just keeping this thing in place until he returns. That's an amazing place to be. I'm glad that you worship with us today. Let this word pierce your heart. Let it go into your spirit. Uh, I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit would remove the blinders and the scales off of all of our eyes so that we can see with clarity and with truth what the Spirit of God is saying and revealing to us in this hour. There is an anointing. There is a thrust. There's a surge of the Holy Spirit's presence and power that is moving and hovering over the earth. And he's preparing his people for an outpouring. He's preparing his people for revival. We've been prophesying and preaching and decreeing this for a decade at least, definitely more. But we've been we've been moving in this direction. This is where God is bringing the body. This divine alignment, hard reset, this restructuring, this reformation, this divine order is going to cause us to walk into powerful realms and dimensions that are going to showcase the glory and the majesty and the might and dominion of God in a way that we have never encountered before in our lives. Don't let Satan trip you. Don't get out of alignment. Do not shirk off the restraints of your process. Do not allow consultation with the Antichrist spirit or the Jezebel spirit to infiltrate your heart and soul in such a way that you get off balance and what's right now looks wrong and what's wrong starts to look right, where you begin to lose yourself in the midst or in the throes of a battle. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, stand firm in the faith, and God is going to bring you through. We bless you. We thank you for joining us and join us again this Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we deal with kingdom order, and dominion. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where once again, we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.